You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. Alright, alright. Welcome back, Bet Slippin' listeners. So we had another good week last week. We went a little three and two, had a thrilling Monday night football game yesterday. So our three hits, oddly enough, we hit on uh all of our spreads and we missed on both totals. So we hit Giants plus eight, great way to start Sunday, and then Saints and Raiders spread both hit. We missed on the Chargers Browns under and the Bengals Ravens over, but uh we'll be back at it this week. So I think I had on Joven last week, and this week we have Christian. I just asked you how to pronounce it. I'm going to butcher it again. It's Christian D'Andrea. 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 It's Italian. I knew that. I should have got that right. Um, so just like last week, we're going to talk into uh, talk about six games. Why don't uh, Before we get into those, why don't you uh, let the listeners know where they can find you? I know you're you're for the win, but give them a little. Yeah, break. I'm a lead NFL writer over at ftw.usatoday.com for the win, and uh, on Twitter at Train Island. If you know what that's from, if you understand, that's an obscure Frisky Dingle reference. Well, then we should be friends. Yeah, I think I was gonna ask uh, before fully going into this. Why is uh why is your header Tennessee and Vanderbilt? So I'm I'm a Vandy guy. Uh, I went to grad school down there. You know, I'm from Rhode Island, so didn't really grow up with big college football. Went to a D3 school. Carnegie Mellon, currently a top 20 team right now. Go Tartans. But uh, Vandy was my first introduction to being on campus for real college, real college football, basically getting to see us lose to Alabama by 20. Anyway, uh, so big-time rivalry. Bandy, Tennessee, and uh, over at Anchor of Gold, where I was the site that site editor, we'd always put up Saturday predictions. The Death Rabbits were a big part of that. Death Rabbits also a Frisky Dingo reference, so everything ties back together. This one cartoon that only ran for two seasons and like three people watched. Hey, cool with me. I just I had to have the explanation. Yeah. All right. So also before we get into our uh, week six games, I gotta as Jeff would used to say, I gotta pay the bills. So our odds this week and per always so far are are provided by Tipico Sportsbook. Uh, Tipico Sportsbook is a leading, a global sports betting leader and is active in New Jersey and Colorado. Make sure you sign up and make your sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply, obviously 21 plus, and you can see the site for details. And if you have a gambling problem... Call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. Again, get your bonus today, usabet.com slash podcast. All right, let's get into week six. I'm pretty excited for week six. We have some crazy games, some games coming into the preseason you really didn't think would be good. Eagles, Cardinals. Um, Eagles, Cowboys. Honestly, Jets, Packers, Giants, Ravens. There's a lot of games that we're like, wow, these – these are good games. Um, 
So we're obviously going to look at it from a betting perspective, but is there anything uh, just general NFL that you wanted to, you you had in mind to cover before that? I think you. Uh, oh man! I mean, like you said, a couple marquee games there. You got the Cowboys, Eagles. You got Bills, Chiefs, which we've had circled forever. Uh, we have quite possibly one of the worst Thursday night football games of all time, which is impressive because we thought last week couldn't be top, but no, now we have commanders bears, uh, which is going to be just a, a tremendous display of ugly kind of looking forward to it. Although part of me wants to skip that game for my own mental health. Um, no, I let's just dive right in. Cause like you said, some pretty good games this week. And like you said, some games we didn't expect to be good. That jets Packers game could be a barn burner, which Zach Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers never should be. All right. So while I have that one, let's start that one off second. Let's start with uh, Ravens Giants. So the spread is currently five and a half in terms of the Ravens. The Ravens are visiting the Giants. The over under set at 45 and a half. I'll start here. And I kind of wanted to start because I, I actually bet Giants plus 320 to beat the Packers last week. Um, nice. It was one of my best bets. I gave plus eight out on the podcast, but I, I'm not sure I like the Giants in this spot. Uh, I know they're at home. I think five and five and a half is kind of a trap line to me. So what the Ravens do best, everyone knows it. What they always want to do is Jackson and a healthy Dobbins are going to want to run the ball. Well, I, I love the Giants coaching stuff. I think they've done a great job, but what they struggle at all season long has been stopping the run. They rank 27th in opponents rushing yards uh, per attempt. Um, and I honestly kind of think this season has been more about teams that played the part, fit the mold last year, not really living up to expectations. I mean, we knew the Packers were going to be without some skill players. The Titans looked horrible in that week one. Maybe that was a bit of a hangover after winning the AFC last week. Um, and then on the other side, you have Jackson who he just cooked up my Bengals. He's third in passing touchdowns, ninth in rushing yards in the league. Um, at the same time, Daniel Jones might still have some lingering, uh, issues with his ankle might uh, stop his ability to run as much. I'll take the Ravens minus five and a half. And I think that might be one that I don't know if that will be a public one because of how well the Giants are playing. But uh, what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I think the Giants, their key to victory here is kind of striking at that Baltimore run defense. Now, the Ravens looking at football outsiders, great resource there. Uh, Baltimore's rush defense DVOA, 26th in the league. Now, that's a terrible thing when you got to face Saquon Barkley. And what Barkley does for that Giants offense is he opens things up for Daniel Jones to run these simplest, stupidest bootlegs, and they work. They crushed the Bears with these dumb little rollout waggle plays. They made that work last week against the Packers as well. And it, it's... Something a good coach should be able to overcome, but the Giants are just such a weird team. They exist in such a weird dimension where all of a sudden Darius Slayton, a guy who almost got cut during preseason roster cuts, is going and exploding for you know, six and 90-plus yards, stuff like that. Um, so I do think there might be some value in that Giants line, not only because they're playing at home, because the Ravens' defense isn't quite up to the Ravens' standard right now. And I think for that reason, even if we're just – taking the uh the line off the table i think the total there is what you want to hit i think this game's going to go over easily went over last week as the packers and giants combined for 49 points even with the possibility of a london game hangover brewing i think this is a game where yeah lamar jackson's going to do dirty things to that defense you know he's going to find ways 
to push the ball downfield, even if he's not connecting with his depleted receiving core. And I think the Giants are going to answer with long, sustained drives that wind up in the end zone. They're, Brian Dable is going to play call stupid plays that wind up getting guys like Daniel Bellinger, Daniel Bellinger rushing touchdowns. I think this game is going to crash over into something like 28-31. Yeah, no, I actually kind of agree with that, and it kind of aids into my point as well. Wow, you didn't really give a pro-Ravens point. You gave a point that's like, hey, both teams' defense, both teams' weakness defensively is the other team's strength offensively. And when you mesh that together, and I I think a lot of times when it comes to, I mean, I love, when I bet, I love... uh, fading the public or riding with public. I love doing the whole betting splits thing. And I think if you look at it, I think a lot of these teams, they get a rep for being just a bad, like being what they've been for a decade. The Giants since Eli Manning haven't necessarily had a terrific offense. Well, Brian, Brian Dabo switching that up. Brian Dolbo Dabo switching that up. I mean, he was an offensive coordinator for an insane um, Bills attack. That was one of the best in the league last year. So he even if the Ravens defense starts to play up to par, I mean you saw him knife up the uh, the Packers team last yeah, week. Yeah. So um, I, re- I, lo- I love that take. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that one? Or are we uh, we going on? No, I think- baby. We, we got the I Packers queued like- up right now. Let's dive into that Jets Packers game because this is another one where you have a bad rushing defense, Green Bay, fatal flaw year after year after year, even after. They draft heavily to revamp the interior linebackers and defensive line. And yet, this is a team that got carved up last week. And now, oh, they got a Jets team that five rushing touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins. And Brees Hall is reaching his peak. He's getting there. He's looking like the absolute monster he was at Iowa State. And already, this line, Nathan, has come down from nine to seven. I think it might even drop a little bit more. I think you That's might want to lock in now. Yeah, you might want to lock in that Jets number while you can. I don't know if they're going to win this game. They're going to Lambeau. The Packers have something to prove. Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing mad. But, yeah, I think the Jets are going to make this one close. I think they're going to be feisty and frisky. This is a Packers team that needed overtime to overcome Bailey Zappi, even at home. I say get in on the Jets while you can, while that number is still good. So the number on Tipica right now is six and a half. So the Jets are plus 100. If you haven't been betting for a long time, um, plus 100 on a spread is more favorable odds. So usually you get a spread in the minus territory. So the over-under set at 45 and a half. And honestly, I, I fully agree with that. The Jets are a team. So since they played my Bengals and we actually blew them up at home, they've played really well. I mean, they beat the, they beat the Dolphins 40 to 17. They've won two in a row. Um, and the, the Packers average the eighth most rushing attempts per game while the Jets rank sixth in opponent rushing yards per attempt. So again, it's something where it's like, what do the Packers do? Well, well, they lost Devontae Adams. They don't really have those skill players anymore that Rodgers has been used to relying on. Well, what do the Jets do? Well, they clogged the middle. They brought in Carl Lawson. They have Sheldon Rankins on that team. They have a lot of guys in the middle that are able to clog it up. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon may not be their usual productive self. And then you have players on that team. And this is why I really like the Jets. Not only did Sauce Gardner go to Cincinnati, where I'm from, and not only did Garrett Wilson go to Ohio State, a team I also love, but they're both starting to produce at a high level. I mean, Sauce Gardner had a terrific game when Jamar Chase came to town. And Chase is one of the better receivers in the league. 
Um, I, I think six and a half is too much. In my opinion, five and a half, four and a half is what this line will probably end at. I mean, New York scored 30 plus points twice and they've topped yeah. 24 in three of five games. So I really do expect their offense to be able to get something going, whether that's just scoring 24 or 20. Mm -hmm. I really don't see this being a touchdown difference between these teams. And again, I think, I think everyone's going to be on the Packers. I mean, it's still Aaron Rodgers versus the Jets, the the it, it's still the same no one thinks that the jets are good i don't think yet and they may not be great but i think the packers are a little worse than we think they are yeah yeah like you said i think the betting lines are coming around public's getting a little getting there very slowly you still look at that match if you go rogers and wilson how is this even going to be close and i do think if you're a prop better on this one maybe take wilson's unders because yes he carved up a not so great miami dolphins passing defense but he didn't really have to do too much against them. He wasn't asked to sling it. He might be asked a little bit more, and this Packers secondary is a lot tougher as my dog pops into frame. What's up, Oh, you'd love to see it. Yeah. And I think the thing that's a little bit underrated for the Packers, too, is just what they lost in Valdez Scantley. And I think you saw that with the Chiefs last night, is the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. But they added a couple weapons. Markel, uh, um, shoot. Marco, yeah, Juju, and yeah, yeah. So they added some weapons on that team, whereas the Packers didn't. I mean, they went to the draft. They got Romeo Dubs. They they didn't really add a ton of uh, a ton of like veteran talent, and I think that's kind of shown early on in the season that that's been difficult for them to uh, play with. And I think Christian Watson went out with an injury last last week, right? I don't. Know yeah, it looks like another injured. soft tissue injury for him. I'm not sure what his status is gonna be for this week, but. Like you said, the one veteran they really brought in was Sammy Watkins, who's already doing the Sammy Watkins thing, having one big fantasy game and then big fantasy game and then going on to injured reserve. So, yeah, this is, you know, the Packers have made their own bet on this one. They got they got Watson in the second round. They knew he had great measurables, but not great production at North Dakota State. And now they're paying for it. Maybe Dobbs is that guy. He's looked good enough, but I mean, there's a reason Randall Cobb, a dude in his 30s, led the team receiving last week, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, and if uh, if we're being honest, the Packers have kind of kept betters believing in them too. I mean, week one, it was the Vikings, but it was really week one of 21 all over again. I mean, the Saints mm -hmm. tore them up. The Vikings tore them up week one this time. They they killed the Bears. They yeah, beat yeah. the Bucks. They they beat the Patriots. I mean, you can say they took them to overtime, but they beat the Patriots. And then they were up, what, 20 to three, at least 20 to 17, 17, three. I know. So they were up on the giants too. So they, they've done what they, what they've been able to do. So this really should be a Packers heavy spread. And I think the jets, their, their young talent should be able to prevail here. <laughs> All right. We, we got a game that I'm pretty interested to talk about here, and I'm pretty interested to also have your takes. Do you have anything else on Jets-Packers for him? No, let's move on. Let's get the next one. All right. Panthers-Rams. What a thrilling matchup. We know Matt rules out. The spread, when I actually wrote it down, it was 9.5. It's moved to 10.5. I've seen on other sports books it's up to 11 or 11.5. 11 yeah, yeah. So I, it's a 10.5. The Panthers are at the Rams over under set at 40.5. Go. I want to hear your thoughts on oh, this. Oh, I mean, uh, part of me want, wants to take the over because that is a very low total for a Rams team that needs revenge and a Panthers team that <sighs> has nothing to play for, really. But 
Carolina right now, they are going to be reduced to starting P.J. Walker, who in a quarterback room of terrible quarterbacks, right? And poor Matt Rule had five starting quarterbacks in Carolina. The best was Teddy Bridgewater. And then there were four other guys who all had passer ratings significantly below Brock Osweiler's career rate. If he had started Brock Osweiler, his offensive would have been significantly better. That is how bad it got from poor Matt Rule, who never really had a chance in Carolina. P.J. Walker was the worst of those guys, a Temple guy, an XFL legend, but not a great NFL quarterback. He's going to get the crap beaten out of him by this Rams offense, or Rams defense, rather. The Rams offense has a ton to prove. They could not block anyone last week. The Cowboys beat the crap out of Matthew Stafford. All three of those turnovers all related to the pass rush, two strip sacks, and the interception that came when Stafford just got absolutely creamed. Um, it's obviously going to be a big get-right game for L.A. I don't know if you can make that spread large enough. I think you'd have to go two touchdowns before I was like, okay, that seems excessive. Uh, and, you know, there, there's always the chance of a bounce-back game. You don't know how guys in the locker room are going to respond. But this is Steve Wilkes. This isn't even the defensive coordinator. This is your secondaries coach, your, your passing game coordinator coach. You've seen what Wilkes does with an undermanned roster before. He only gave him one year in, in Arizona. Poor Steve Wilkes got fired so they could bring in Cliff Kingsbury. We'll talk about that on another day because Steve's got a, a very short stick here. But, yeah, I this is going to be an ugly, gross game. I do not recommend watching it. But if you've got a bunch of Rams overs that you got – waiting on your prop bet list or a bunch of these guys in daily fantasy hell yeah dig in because i think they're going to possess the ball for conservatively 40 minutes yeah no i i completely agree and wilkes has actually been coaching longer than i've been alive so maybe that's a testament to him maybe <laughs> to how old i am either way it's the truth he's been a staple of their defense and their defense has played pretty well now, I will say, I, I don't hate your overplay. I'm not sure I'm going to have a play on this game. It's tough, and the man. reason The reason being yeah. is Ben McAdoo is going to be filling in, or he's going to be – he was an assistant last year in Dallas who averaged the most points per game in the league. And I think there's potential for him to be able to do something. I mean, something's better than nothing <laughs> for this Panthers team, and I don't think Matt Rule was necessarily – he may not have been the problem, but he also wasn't the answer. Right. I, I think it's really just that management team. I mean, how do you – I mean, that Darnold trade may have been one of the worst in, in league history. I mean, a second, a fourth, and a sixth for a player you knew wasn't going to be like they're, – they're not even looking for a great quarterback. They're just looking for like a guy that can can do enough to get McCaffrey the ball, it feels like. Um, yeah. I will say, though, they've scored at least 15 points in every game. And when you think about the Panthers, you don't think a team that's putting up 15 – I mean, if this game ends 27, uh, 15, you're, you're hitting your over. I mean, I mean, the overs, the over is very small here and you still do have a healthy Christian McCaffrey and you have a Panthers defense that allowed 37 to the 49ers last week and make Jimmy G look like freaking Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, And they got ran all over too. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Wilson went for 120 yards. So yeah. I'm not really confident in this Panthers defense anymore. And I think I have a little, a little, like a marginal sliver of confidence that McAdoo can get able, can be able to put up 17 points. So uh, I think there's something to be said about what the Panthers may be able to do offensively. And I think the under is going to be a strong play here because why, why would people not 
like the under in this game. I mean, you know what the Panthers' defense is capable of. You know what the Rams' defense are capable of. And you, you're not thinking that offenses may thrive here. So usually I like to fade the uh, the public, and I think they'll be all over the under here. So I'm going to go over 40 and a half. Okay. All right, yeah. now we go from potentially the worst game of the day to the best game of the day. Chiefs Bills. We saw it last year's AFC. What was what would that have been? The divisional round? Would that have been uh, that, yeah. that would have been the divisional round? Mm-hmm. Um so Bills Chiefs, 425 kickoff, Bills at Chiefs. The Chiefs, I believe they start I believe the line opened at one or one and a half. It's already up to plus two and a half for the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are home underdogs. The total is set at fifty four and a half, which while it does seem high, again, the 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 consistency of the offense is the ability of the offense this game ended very high scoring last year. Um, what do you think about this game? I mean, as an NFL guy, you got to be drooling over this probably being the AFC matchup or the AFC yeah. championship game. Uh, this is the game we all deserve. Uh, love the fact that it's a late afternoon game. So you can sit down and have a beer on your Sunday. You don't have to worry about work the next day necessarily. Absolutely love it. Uh, the, the thing I'm worried about if I'm the chiefs is that you're not going to be able to, to run the ball. You're not gonna be able to find those short connections when the bills throw two deep safeties at you. Cause that's what the Raiders did early last night, right? They backed guys off 20 yards from the line of scrimmage against Patrick Mahomes and it worked early on. And then all of a sudden Mahomes found his short range targets. He got a little bit of utility out of the run game. The, the Raiders deviated from the plan and the, the chiefs won. You're not going to be able to deviate from that plan necessarily against the Bills team that doesn't really have that many defensive weaknesses, although that secondary is a little bit suspect. You know, you get some injuries taking out key players there, and uh, Tredavious White still not in the lineup. Uh, Kyrie Elam a little bit boomer bust. Christian ben, uh, Benford uh, out of the lineup with a broken Hyde's hand. still out, right? I know Poirier didn't play is, yeah. last week. Uh, he, if he's playing, it would be with a club, which would be you know, not ideal for a cornerback. Uh, so Mahomes is still going to be able to sling it a little bit, expect those safeties to be way off the line of scrimmage, but at the same time, you're not, you're not gonna be able to thrive in that soft middle area. Like, uh, like the chiefs did last night against the Raiders because there are too many good players and, you know, the bills don't need to blitz you. They have the pass rush there to get at you. Uh, the Raiders did it last night and it was basically just Max Crosby getting to Patrick Mahomes. Now the Bills are going to have two, three, four guys who can have a similar impact. I kind of like the under for that reason because I think the Bills have the horses to kind of keep Mahomes in the stable. And the Bills' offense, as great as it was last week against the Steelers, the Chiefs aren't Pittsburgh. You know, the, the Steelers' defense is falling apart. They don't really know what they're playing for at this point. That's fine. Uh, I think this Chiefs' defense has been better than expected. I think Chris Jones is playing at an all-pro level. He's going to be absolutely furious because, let's face it, he had a strip sack taken away from him by a completely garbage <laughs> roughing the passer call. I'm telling um, you, that that roughing the passer call is why – I I don't know. I, I feel like some games are like they, oh, they try oh. to keep games close. And, it happened all weekend. It game. happened all week. Brady got one. Derek Carr got one. Just garbage calls across the way. Anyway, I, I think uh, – yeah, Chris Jones is going to be able to take advantage of the Bills' offensive line. He's going to flush Josh Allen. Josh Allen is probably going to run for something like 45, 50 yards, hit that rushing total over if you can. But I, I think there's going to be enough of a grind here that we don't necessarily get the 41-48 shootout we deserve. This might be closer to a 28-27 kind of game. 
Yeah, and I, I completely agree too. And Sean McDermott actually said recently that, that his key players are getting healthier. And yeah. I think that's something to note as we go into this game. And the second thing is what what's everyone going to be seeing all week? They're going to be seeing, wow, the, the Chiefs are underdogs at home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes is 6-2 and two straight up as an underdog. Wow. He's 7-0-1 and one against the spread as an underdog. Uh, they were underdogs and they crushed Tampa Bay in week four. Yeah. Well, the the problem that you have coming into this game is that the the, the, K, the Kansas City secondary is still not good. Um, they were bottom three in completion percentage this whole year. And while Buffalo hasn't been the pinnacle of the defense we thought they would be, I still wouldn't necessarily say that um, KC is going to be able to stop them. If you had to trust one of these defenses, I'm trusting the one with uh, Von Miller on the one side. Yeah. Let's just go with that. So I think I would wait to play this spread until A, the movement kind of stops, and B, you get the injury reports out. Mm -hmm. um, if, if Dawson Knox is playing, if Jordan Poyer's playing, I, I don't see see a world where the Bills don't win this matchup, especially, again, I'm not a huge revenge game guy, but the, the Bills took that personally last year, and I don't think the Chiefs have quite as much to play for besides them just being at home, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I, and I think the... If if the if the sports books are going to keep making the Chiefs favorite, they they want that for a reason. They want you to think plus four and a half is a great line for them. Yeah, no, I agreed there. And yeah, like like you said, you're dealing with a, a top five defense versus a top twenty defense, and I think the Chiefs are better than they let on. Uh, but at the same time, man, it, it's going to be a real tough sled for Patrick Mahomes and company down there. Yeah, and, and I do like them, but as as we saw last night, the Tyreek Hill missing him is something else because like you had Valdez Scantley who arguably could have cost them the game with his that drop. Yeah. What was that like that was a third down drop, right? Or at least a second down drop. E either way, I remember thinking that that was just a very important drop in the game and Ty Tyreek Hill was making those plays. So, um I think the Bills are also going to be able to scheme up to Travis Kelsey a bit better. The, Travis Kelsey's never going to have four touchdowns on the Bills. I can almost guarantee that. So uh, I, I think the scheming is probably also like an important factor as well. All right, cool. You want to? You got anything else on this one, or you want to? You want to? No, no. Let's hit the next one. What else we got today? All right, we got two more on the docket. One fun, one not fun. We got Cardinals, Seahawks. Cardinals are getting two and a half points on the road, are giving two and a half points. So it's minus two and a half for Arizona on the road in Seattle at Lumen Field. The total set at 50 and a half. I actually know, I feel confident you're going to tell me the Seahawks are going to cover. But for some reason, I'm not buying it. I'm not believing it. I, I am going right? to tell you to, to absolutely smash that over because this is these are two bad defenses, right? I mean, the Seahawks have given up just a ton of points lately. We saw it against the Lions. We saw it last week against the Saints. They got shredded by Taysom Hill, which is just such a giant warning sign. This defense is garbage, but they have the offense that can hang. You know, Rashad Penny's out. That sucks. Kenneth Walker there for this very reason. And Geno Smith right now playing like a top 10 quarterback. And not just because he's a game manager. We saw him absolutely air it out. Four passes, 25-plus yards downfield last week. Four completions, three touchdowns. I'm beginning to believe in Geno. 
I, I like the home field advantage there because Seattle always comes out. They always get things done. And the Cardinals have not been impressive this season. Yes, they have a couple wins, but they this is normally a team that gets out the gates fast. Things are stunted there. Kyler Murray has regressed as a passer significantly. Passer rating down. Completion rate down. DeAndre Hopkins not in the lineup. Big time effect there. And Listen, he's got Rondale Moore back, which is great, but Moore still has yet to prove he can be anything more than a screen pass, short-range target kind of guy. Maybe this is a game that happens because, like I said, Seahawks defense is But, However, I just I, I think the Seahawks are they, – they keep games close. They have the offense to hang. So even if you don't take Seattle and the points, take that over because this is a team that has crashed into 30-plus points each of the, what, the last three weeks, four weeks? Yeah, and I, I love that. So just to add – a couple to that that should even just help the cause for the over more so seattle has the most penalty yards per game in the nfl seattle has the fourth worst opponents third down conversion rate seattle has given up 42 points per game over their last two seattle gave up 27 points to marcus Mariota, who <laughs> is probably the most similar playing quarterback to kyler murray and i actually love kyler murray i had him on my fan i this is, this is going to be insulting to myself, but last year I had three fantasy teams, and sure, this was a mistake. I drafted him on all three, <laughs> um, and I was 4-0 in all my leagues because he started out so hot. Right. I like Murray. I don't. I know Geno Smith, number one in completion percentage in the league. He's been doing what he's been doing well, and I really am not sure that Kyler should have got paid, but I think the Seahawks' struggles defensively are going to be a key factor in this game, and I think... With uh, with the Cardinals having Murray versus Smith, they should have. You would like to think that they have a higher ceiling in this game offensively, but you know maybe Geno Smith isn't going to regress, and maybe he's just this good as well. So I guess you never know there. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, the the Cardinals have the more talented team. Seattle's kind of trapped in this weird rebuild where they took all their skill points and they put them on the offensive side of things, right? They rebuilt the offensive line. Uh, they drafted Kenneth Walker. They kept DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and they didn't really address the defense that was, you know, was uh, Pete Carroll's calling card in the past. They're going to get to that this offseason. They have a ton of cap space. They have a ton of first and second round draft picks, four of them combined after the Russell Wilson deal. Uh, and now they're going up against a Arizona pass defense ranks 27th in DVOA. Now, granted, Seattle is 31st, so there should be a lot of fireworks in this game. That's why I'm saying. I think Seattle can keep it close for sure, but if you're taking one bet in Cardinals Seahawks, I would say take that over. Which I mean, I, it's at what fifty and a half right now, something like that, fifty one. Yeah, I don't I think they that. can. Yeah, I yeah. think they can absolutely get past that. Maybe is, is there a world both of these teams don't hit twenty seven points? I don't know. <laughs> is there a world one of these teams doesn't hit twenty seven again? It, yeah. it feels it feels too easy. So. Um, and I don't think that'll be a game that people necessarily look at. Like I said, I still don't believe most of the public are, is a believer in Geno Smith. I don't know that I'm a believer in Geno Smith yet. But Geno Smith has produced this season. That's something you can't deny. So, uh, And Kyler Murray, we've seen what he can do before. So hopefully he can start to figure it out. Yeah. All right. So since we are not ever going to be talking about the Broncos after what the Broncos Colts oh, left me with. We're not going to do Monday Night Football. Our last game is going to be Sunday Night Football. And we get a game that I think we're both a little bit thrilled to talk about, and no one thought about that preseason. It's uh, Cowboys at Eagles, spreads four and a half. I think 
Personally speaking, I think this is kind of a trap line for the Eagles. I'm not going to take the spread, but I feel like if you're thinking the undefeated Eagles are only getting four and a half at home, I think the public's going to be all over Philadelphia here. That said, the total set at 42 and a half. How, how are you feeling on this? Um, I I want to believe in Cooper Rush, right? But he's he's just a game manager right now, and it's yes. great. It's yeah. all he needs to do. He is he's running that Saints Teddy Bridgewater plan to perfection. He's even got the undefeated record to show for it. That's great. Love it. The big key to Dallas's win in Los Angeles was an offensive line that just annihilated the Rams depleted tissue paper front, right? You don't have Andrew Whitworth anymore. Uh, uh, Garrett, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but he went to the Panthers. Uh, David Edwards left the game and all of a sudden the Cowboys were able to generate all sorts of pressure without even having to blitz Micah Parsons, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, all just ran Matthew Stafford through the ring. Eagles are not going to be that easy to beat. They have a much better offensive line. And, I mean, they have a much deeper receiving core right now. It's kind of wild to think about, but the Rams are kind of thin. And then you go to the Eagles, you get Devontae Smith. You have Dallas Goddard. You have A.J. Brown. I think the Eagles' offense is going to continue clicking. And I think maybe we're overrating the Dallas defense based on the exact hurting they put on a flawed Rams team. So I kind of like taking the Eagles at home and, I mean, giving up the, the four and a half, five, maybe even six points to a Cowboys team that's very good, but doesn't quite seem to be on the same level through five weeks. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think part of my handicap goes into that, whereas Cooper Rush is just a game manager. So, for example, recently, I have a... You make some big throws. Let, let's give Cooper Rush his yeah. flowers. It's been Same great. He's a little bit more than a game manager. He's a very viable top-tier backup, which we I don't think we saw coming coming in, into this season. Um, I mean, I don't think the Cowboys saw it coming. They released him on cut-down day. It was like, all right, we'll sign you back to the practice squad. Anyone could have had him. And he's making some big throws. But, yeah, if you look at his numbers, you're like, okay, this guy just kind of hangs out. Yeah, so it's nothing against Cooper Rush, but it's kind of the same vibe as us. So I have a Browns fan at work, and he's like, well, after one week, he was like, do I do we play Jacoby Brissett even when, even when Deshaun Watson gets back? And it's like, of course not. I think it's the same thing with Rush. He's not likely to turn the ball over. These teams rank first and second in turnover margin this season. Yeah, yeah. And the Cowboys have a solid defensive line. They won't be without – they'll be without Randy Gregory. He won't be playing – but I'm, I don't know if I'm sold that Hurts is that guy quite yet. So he still ranks outside the top 20 in passing yards, or he did last season. And he still has only four passing touchdowns. I understand he has some on the ground. But he hasn't really been that lethal threat that I want to see through the air yet. Okay. He, he might get there. He, he's, he's probably going to get there. And he's insane on the ground. Their offensive line is one of the best in the league. I think they haven't faced a front like the Cowboys yet. Um and then I think on the other side, I think the Cowboys are just going to try to run the ball as they usually do. So I'm looking towards the under in that game. I mean, primetime unders this season are 11-5. and five. Yeah. And as well as, like I'm saying, this should be a public fade. I don't think many people are going to be playing the under here. Um, it, it's something I would play. I'm, yeah. I'm just no, anytime, I think anytime you get a division way. game, especially one with high stakes like this, the under is always a good bet. That's actually uh, one, of, one of our Rhode Island scumbag, our resident handicapper. That's one of his system plays where if you get a game between two division rivals, take the under. Because, I mean, I think it hit something like a 17-5 rate through the first 
four weeks of the season. So I like the uh, the under pick there. All right, sir. All right, so those are all our games. We, uh, you got anything else to add on those? Uh, no, no. I'm good. All right, you'll love to see it. All right, so we're going to do our one segment. I have five best bets. We're going to head to the window. Got a little queued up here. All right. The Bet Slipping Podcast. Going to the window. All right, well, I still don't know where we got that from, but we're here. <laughs> we're at the window. I have three sides and two totals. Why don't you go ahead and give yours out, and then we'll uh, go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go uh, with a couple plays here. I'm going to take the Jets at that plus seven number, plus six and a half number. Maybe keep an eye on it. Maybe it'll go back up. Maybe more confidence will come back in on the on the Packers because I like the Jets a little bit more at seven and a half if it gets back there. Loved them at plus nine, but uh, that's fine. And I would absolutely take that Seahawks. Cardinals over. Uh, I would basically take that one all the way up to like 54 if uh, if need be. Um, those are my two big time plays. My uh, my Rhode Island non scumbag locks for this weekend. I love the over there. So I'm gonna go Eagles Cowboys under 42 and a half. As you said, system played divisional yep. games. Love it. Uh, Panthers Rams over 40 and a half. Okay. And then my uh, sides are Bills minus two and a half. We're both on Jets plus seven. And then Ravens minus five and a half. That's probably the one I'm lesser confident on. I do okay. like Jets and Bills a lot. Um, so those are my five. Christian, thank you for coming on. Hopefully we'll have you back maybe this season, maybe next season. Um, you got any last words? Nah, Nathan, it was fun, man. Look forward to doing it again. Uh, I mean, go Gino, right? Yeah, go well. Uh, yeah, go Gino. Yeah, I'm cool <laughs> with that. Let's go points in that game. All right, well, like I said, appreciate you having us on. Let's uh, wrap it up. Listeners, have a good week. Uh, let's hopefully, hopefully you fade or follow us. And lastly, don't forget to uh, like and review us on we have a Twitter or anywhere you're streaming your podcast, whether that be Spotify, Apple, wherever. Please uh, rate and review us and have a good uh, have a good week. All right, deuces.